0: We now turn to God's Word. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the life, death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ back to heaven again, to his place of eternal reward, wherever continues to intercede for us as our great High Priest. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in Jesus Christ and that you continue to reveal yourself to us in your Holy Word. We pray now as we turn to your word, that you'll open our eyes to behold wondrous things from your word, you'll write your word and its teaching and truth upon all our hearts and lives and grant us wills to be submissive and obedient to its teaching and truth each and every day in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter one and verse eight, we read these words. Jesus says to the disciples, "Or sure to become the apostles but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Churchill is a with saying at the end of the world war that this is the beginning, this is the end of the beginning. These words could surely well be used of the Acts of the Apostles, or perhaps we could retitle this book on the Bible and call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. the continuing Acts of Jesus Christ. Acts is part two of Luke's account of the continuing work of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. Note verse 1, in my former book Theophilus I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the Apostles he had chosen. So Jesus here, first of all, we read about the presence of Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus is alive, and he's spending time 40 days before his ascension with the disciples. What are we doing? Was it just a cosy, relaxed time, now that he'd finished his work given by the Father of dying on the cross for our sins and for our salvation? No, the risen Jesus Christ spends this important time away from the demands now of the crowds, away from the demands of preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. He now spends this important time with the disciples discussing his death and resurrection, preparing them for the work he would have them do whenever they would leave he would leave this earth. He proved to them that he was alive. He no doubt answered many of their doubts and questions about things. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So Jesus did as he always had been doing, speaking about God's kingdom, speaking about what they were to do whenever he left earth. Why did he do this? Well, Acts, cha- sorry, Matthew chapter 28 tells us, The disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So the disciples in this post-resurrection time were not sure about who Jesus was. Was he really arisen from the dead? They had many doubts about him and about what had happened. So Jesus addressed these doubts and concerns and questions and fears over this period of the 40 days he was with them. Jesus used this time Luke chapter 24 says to speak to them and to open the scriptures that's the Old Testament to explain who he was and why he had come he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures this is what is written the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance of forgiveness of sins will preach in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem so he was clear he pointed out to them why he had come from the Old Testament Scriptures, he pointed out to them what was going to happen now, that the repentance and forgiveness of sins, message of the gospel, was to be preached right in Jerusalem and throughout all the nations of the world. Mark says that Jesus later appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So here we have obvious evidence that the disciples had many doubts and fears. They were refusing, stubbornly to believe that he was risen from the dead. So he spent this period of the 40 days appearing with them, speaking with them, discussing and addressing their cares and concerns. One of the cares and concerns the disciples had was about the kingdom of heaven. When was it going to be restored again? And Jesus wants to divert them away from this question to what they were to do at this present time. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by his own authority. Two thoughts come from this, my, this, this question. Did the disciples mean Jesus going to be the political restorer of Israel back to his own rule rather than Roman rule. Remember, they already thought that Jesus was the Messiah. At the time of his death, they thought he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel again, get rid of Roman rule. But no, Jesus says that's not what he's speaking about. That's not what he'd come to do because his kingdom was not of this world. But I think perhaps it's more accurate to think that they were thinking about Jesus Christ coming back again. When was he going to restore his kingdom? You know, in this day and generation, we speak about the end times, about the end of the world. And perhaps when all this pandemic has gone on, people have been more keen to discuss and think about, and ask, is this the end of the world, this pandemic? Earthquakes, pestilences, famines, pandemics have come in previous generations. They've come as God's warning to be ready for his return. There are pointer signs but it does not mean that necessarily Jesus Christ is going to return immediately because only God the Father knows when Jesus Christ will return again so that's why Jesus says it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority yes we can be concerned and we can wonder is it going to be the end of the world but the important thing is that we are ready and that we are making sure that everybody else in the world is ready for the return of Jesus Christ again to the world a second time. A time when he shall come to be judge of all the world. Remember how Jesus, when he was on earth, said to his disciples in John's Gospel, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Luke 24, it said, Repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You will be witnesses of these things. Mark says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's what we read in Matthew chapter 28. So Jesus was very clear in his discussion in the upper room with the disciples that their focus was to go out now and to preach and to teach the good news of the kingdom of God, not to be speculating about when he was going to return or when God's kingdom was going to be restored into the nation of Israel. So here we have Jesus spending time with the disciples addressing all their doubts, fears and concerns, giving the assurance of his risen presence, telling them what they were going to have to do in the future. You may say, well, what's that got to do with me? That happened nearly 2,000 years ago in an upper room before the ascent of Jesus Christ back into heaven. So, is it relevant for me today? Have I any need to address this issue? Well, I believe it's important. Important from The fact that Jesus Christ is alive, it's important that we need to spend time with Jesus Christ, with him in his word. We need to be with Jesus to hear what he's saying to us, what God is saying to us through his word. His word is that which is relevant in all situations of life. Maybe especially now in this present day and situation we live in, God's word is more relevant and more important to us. And we need to apply it more and more to our lives and to our living. We need to spend time with Jesus and in the word of God. We need to spend time with the risen Jesus Christ who dispels all our doubts and all our fears. He gets rid of our sadness, our loneliness. He shows us how we can be rescued. We need guidance. We need encouragement. We need hope. We need joy, we need peace. Yes, we can enjoy these things when life's going well, but we need it for the tough times of life as well. When we go to face an unknown future, as the disciples did when Jesus would leave leave the earth, we need Jesus with us for the unknown future. Despite the pandemic, the future is unknown from the point of view that we don't know when Jesus Christ is returning again. We don't know when we're going to die. So therefore we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to spend time in God's Word. We need to spend time building up our lives by faith in Jesus and on the sure promises of his Word. This was a special time for the disciples and for Jesus. We can have every day a special time, a special time with Jesus and with God's Word. And there's no excuse in the lockdown for us not having time with Jesus and with the Word of God. The second thought we find in this passage is in verses 4 and 5. Jesus gives a promise. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is clear that God is going to send him a gift. It's going to be the gift of the Holy Spirit and to wait in Jerusalem for it. Now, throughout the whole Gospels, in John particular, verses chapter 14 to 16, Jesus often spoken about sending the Holy Spirit when he would come back to this earth again. When he would leave this earth, he would send the Holy Spirit to them. And so it's important here that the disciples realise they're not going to be left on their own. Everywhere the disciples would go to preach and teach the Gospel, from Jerusalem right into all the world, Jesus was going to be with them. He was going to give them this promise of power in the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said he wouldn't leave them as orphans. He would not leave them as helpless. He had sent them a gift. This gift was the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the third point, will give them power. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus, he thought of our second point, was going to give them a gift. And this gift was going to give them power, the power, the energy of God, the Holy Spirit would come into their lives. The word energy in the Greek means spirit or wind. So God was going to give them power power to go out and boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember these disciples had been locked in an upper room for fear of the Roman and the Jewish authorities but we see in Acts chapter 2 how they went out boldly uh, with God's Holy Spirit empowering them to proclaim the gospel. Peter spoke that great sermon on Pentecost Day in Jerusalem to all the crowds gathered from all the nations throughout the world and so We have to remember God will give us courage. God will give us strength when we trust in him and in the power of his Holy Spirit. Paul, later writing to Timothy, would say, for God does not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. So we can have God's power and God's strength to stand up, to speak up for Jesus Christ. God's power and God's strength to live for Jesus Christ every day. Yes, often we can find, if we are Christians, that it's difficult to stand up or to speak up for Jesus Christ. We can have a certain fear of people, and what they will say or how they will react to us. But God, here like he did to the disciples long ago, will give us boldness and power and authority to speak his words and to teach his word, to stand up for the truth of his word. We need God's courage courage that God the Holy Spirit can give to us in our office in our workplace, in our church in the mart or out in the marketplace, in the school the workplace, wherever we are God can give us opportunities and he presents them to us we need God's strength and power to speak his word to the people around us, because God has promised us, and Jesus said before he left earth, I will be with you I will never leave you nor forsake you. I like the reference Luke makes to this event. He said they were to stay in Jerusalem until they be clothed with power from on high. Clothed means putting on something just like you put on new clothes, new clean clothes. It's lovely. People can see and they can admire your new clothes that you've purchased and put on. And so it's the same for the Christian life. We are to put on the nature of Jesus Christ and only the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and living our lives when we become Christians can enable us to have the nature of Jesus Christ that we can radiate by our lives and by our living Jesus Christ in all we think and particularly in all we say and in all we do. So God comes to give us power by the Holy Spirit. He comes to clothe us with the Holy Spirit So we can go out with power to live for Jesus Christ every day. The fourth point I want to share you this morning from this passage is Jesus gives a command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. So they were to stay where they were in Jerusalem. They weren't after having spent 40 days with Jesus, get up and get out and get at it. It was an urgent task, yes, telling people of Jesus Christ, but they were to stay in Jerusalem because he was going to send the Holy Spirit. But they were to stay, they were to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now Jesus didn't say what day, what time, what date the Holy Spirit was coming. So it was going to be a period of waiting. We often say, how long is a piece of string? The same could be applied to the disciples. They had to wait in Jerusalem For the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now what did they do when they were in Jerusalem waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit? Did they just sit around, lounge around in the upper room and talk about this and that and the other thing? No, they didn't do that whatsoever at all. It tells us that they spent the time very profitably and very usefully when they were in the upper room when they were still in Jerusalem. Luke says when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and stayed continually at the temple praising God. That last phrase is important in telling. They continually stayed in the temple praising God. They spent time Yes, in a sense, publicly, but they spent time worshipping God. They spent this valuable next few days as they waited for the Holy Spirit, praising God. Praising God for what? For Jesus' coming, for the precious time they had spent with him, for all they had taught them. Praising God for all God's goodness and loving kindness and all many God's blessings to them. For having called them aside from their daily tasks to be followers of Jesus Christ, Praising God for the opportunity that they were going to go out now and to serve Jesus Christ and to extend the kingdom of God. Yes, and perhaps many other things they praised God for. And so they spent time firstly praising God. But then in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, read, they all joined together constantly in prayer. So privately, they came together in that upper room. It's reckoned there's about 120 of them. So it was a massive prayer gathering in a sense, but they were there constantly in prayer. So the two things are important there. They were continually in the temple praising God, and were constantly in prayer. That tells us about the constancy of the continuing of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ in prayer. We're told in the Bible we're to pray without ceasing, we're to pray and not give up. So prayer was the other essential thing that the disciples did here in the presence of God. Although Jesus wasn't with them any longer, they were still in God's presence. They were still in the presence of Jesus Christ. And so they spent time in prayer. Prayer is our response to God for all the blessings he gives to us. It's our relationship with God. It's a realization of how important God is and how we need to depend upon him. Surely these disciples knew what they were going to do. They were going to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. And so now it was important that they spent time in prayer, realising their independence upon God for the task that they were going to be given for the days which lay ahead. I came across this article uh, this past week, uh, presented by Christian Christian, Premier Radio. Perhaps I thought it was important for her to share this with you. Like a needle compass locates due north, so prayer directs our gaze towards God, positions us for effective mission. While prayer consists of a number of distinct forms, from confession through to contemplation, it is always our voluntary response to the call of God. Disciples were about to exchange a visible presence of God in Jesus for the invisible, yet equally real, presence of the third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Yet, even this gift is dependent upon obedience to Jesus' command and a period of prayer. In an age in which we have grown accustomed to instant answers and products accessible online for next-day delivery, the process of power can seem somewhat antiquated. Yet like a fine meal, prayer is the means by which we are prepared for God's response to our prayer. This may emerge in a different guise, so that which we imagined, prayer prepares for us to be positioned as a means of realisation of God's will on earth. So the disciples are to wait and pray. Despite their many questions, the disciples had learned that Jesus was to be taken as word and practised obedience. Setting many questions to one side and happily pursuing God with the, only the light of God's invitation to obedience to guide them. This may have proved difficult, but they obeyed Jesus' command. Obedience sounds simple and is most certainly going to be your best intention. Yet be aware, Satan waits to test your resolve and often says, Has God said? In such moments, your choices conflicted. Obedience demands. You make what might appear an unreasonable choice, yet this alone will ensure God's mission is realized in and through your life. So we need to pray that God will help us to be strengthened and to realize God's call upon our lives. So we lead, learn important things from this passage. First of all, we learn we're called to be Jesus' disciples. And how do you do that? simply by admitting our sins, that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we don't deserve God's love, mercy and grace in our lives. We believe only Jesus Christ can save us from our sins and we come, confess them and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Then we become Jesus' disciples. But then, as his followers, we receive God's Holy Spirit to come and live in our lives, to empower us, to strengthen us, to equip us, To help us to understand the teaching of God's word and of Jesus Christ and to go out and to live for Jesus Christ wherever God may call us. Wherever we live and work, God calls us to be his witnesses, his disciples, his followers in that particular place and we can be continually filled each and every day when we ask God in prayer for his Holy Spirit to fill us daily and we are to be his witnesses, I said. The story is told of the lady who wrote to Gypsy Smith, a famous uh, attendant evangelist, and she said God was calling her to be a missionary, but she had one problem, she had a large family. And he said in reply to her in a letter, thank God he has called you to be a witness for him, to be a missionary, and thank God he has given you a congregation. Jesus enables us wherever we are to be filled with his Holy Spirit and to be his witnesses. So Jesus, clothing us with his Holy Spirit can enable us to live for Jesus Christ. We should be like a light shining by the way we live our lives. It's not very often the words we say, but it's the way we live, our character, our attitudes, our behaviour that should exude Jesus Christ. So if you say you're a Christian, do people, wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever it may be, Do they know by the very nature and the way you live your life that you have been with Jesus and you are Jesus' followers? Lastly, from our passage, we see how the disciples spent time with Jesus. They spent time in worship and they spent time in prayer. So we are called to spend time with Jesus in his word, in God's word. We're called to spend time worshiping him, acknowledging in giving him the due worship in our lives and our living. And we're called to spend time in prayer, to have power and to strength from God to live for him. So that's the checklist. And I ask you, the last question is, are you able to tick the checklist? Are you worshiping God? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you reading God's word daily? Are you living every day and spending set time in God's presence. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this day for your holy word. We thank you that we can have the privilege and the freedom and the opportunity of spending time in your presence, in the presence of Jesus. Help us, Father, to spend that time that you have given us at the feet of Jesus, under the authority of your word, to read, to listen to your voice speaking to us through your word and then give us wills to go out and to obey it. Help us, Father, to give you time to acknowledge you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, to give you your worship in your presence and in the way we live as your subjects out in the world around us. And we thank you, Father, for the privilege and the special opportunity we have every day of being with you in your presence through prayer. Help us, Father, never to neglect, forget, or ignore these important privileges and opportunities so we may build up in a living relationship with Jesus Christ and go out to live in that world which calls us to be your witnesses. In Jesus' name, amen.